Kicks in Comics is brought to you by the Bingham Group Media Network, an Austin-based digital content network focused on emerging creators. We help you tell your story. Looking for other Capital City content from the BG Media Network? Check out the BG Podcast, bringing you weekly conversations at the intersection of business, policy, and community. Hosted by Bingham Group CEO AJ Bingham, the BG Podcast introduces you to the people shaping the Austin metro and beyond. Good Gothamites, it's the 82nd Astronaut, along my co-host Monaco, for another episode of Kicks and Comics. We're not all superheroes, we're capes, somewhere are Jordans. And today we are talking about the 2023 return to form film that is The Flash for the DCEU. My gosh, what a just masterpiece of celluloid this was. Move over Oppenheimer because you were already beat. <laughs> and I hope I'm not showing my hand. Uh wow! Did you really enjoy this more than Oppenheimer? I haven't um, even seen Oppenheimer yet, but uh, is it because know. Oppenheimer's about like like ultimately leads to the loss for the Japanese and and uh, German armies? Is that why? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I'm not gonna go over what we were talking about pre-recording, <laughs> but um, no, but um. You know, for as much hype as I had for Oppenheimer, and, you know, whenever you get to see it, we can talk about it further. I I don't want to show my hand, but needless to say, yeah, I don't know how to say it without being like, oh, well, one way or another. Um, I mean, do I need to see it? I mean, I feel like it's like the Titanic. I mean, we know what happens at the end. Right. Um, it's I mean, it's worth a watch. It's worth I like watch. I like Nolan movies, so I mean, mm. obviously, um, yeah, I'm 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 down for it. It's just, um, maybe I, I like movies when, because what what was the other one he did? What 1917 was that his Dunkirk? Dunkirk. Okay, yeah. Like, there was a bunch of movies that came out all around the same time. It's basically the same thing. Um, right. 1917's a banger. Like, oh my gosh. I really enjoyed 1917. And I like that movie too. But like at the same time, like it's very historical, right? So um Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just I I I I mean, I guess it's I shouldn't I there's still good movies. He's a great filmmaker. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, But you know, I prefer like Inceptions or Memento. Um, I I agree because it's one of those things where I obviously a, a, a stand for Chris Nolan, but there's certain Nolan films like Inception is my jam. I'll watch it once a year, you know, right. with without you know hesitation. But Interstellar, I think I've seen like one and a half times. Mm-hmm. Um, the same for Dunkirk. Dunkirk I saw once and like I. Sad to say, I kind of fell asleep because it was like one of those late night things where I was like, oh, yeah, I'll put it on and uh, didn't go the distance. There's some slow um, burn in that movie, though. I mean, what's there, that? I said there's some slow burn in that movie. OK. Um, You know, where it's like it, it just it, like there's stuff going on, but just not enough to keep you like, oh, mm-hmm. or like, oh, this is like 1917 was like from beginning to end. Just Ooh, like yeah. your seat, you know, mm hmm. Uh, where Dunkirk is a lot more of like, oh, they're getting in the plane and now they're flying in the plane and now they're doing it. And it's just like, okay, you know. Yeah. Um, but it beautifully shot, looked really oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but and definitely had the Christopher Nolan feel to it. But mm-hmm. yeah, I uh I'll be honest, I I think I've seen like three quarters of Interstellar. I know I know people probably like really like rag on me for that because I think that's one of those movies where it's like, what's an acclaimed movie that you haven't seen that but it's just like I I couldn't make it all the way through. So I you know, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, it's because it's like you know, obviously space is my jam, but at the same time, they somehow made space boring. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, congratulations. Um, but it's funny because I can see Tenet 
again, Tenet, I love uh-huh. like maybe the sec the first and third act. The yeah. second act is kind of meh, but I'll I'll watch Tenet, you know. Well, Tenet was more like along the lines of Inception, all right? Like true. Know, suspending belief or whatever. Like I mm-hmm. mean Stellar does too, right? But yeah. Um just in a different way. Uh I don't know. It's like kind of one of those things where obviously like Inception was not his first movie, right? But right. But it was kind of like the the for me is like the sixth sense of his movies where it's like now mm. he's trying to capture that you know magic in the bottle again yeah that movie because that movie was so great yeah um but yeah I, I he's still a great filmmaker like obviously anytime a movie's coming out that you know so it's a christopher nolan mm-hmm. jam, I'd be like oh i'm gonna go check that out but i just obviously you know like yeah kids i don't have time to go commit what is it like three <laughs> hours like three hours just for the movie itself and, yeah I, I just don't have i don't have that time right now um so like i even even the movie we're discussing today was like i had to like i was like i just bit the bullet and was like i'm just gonna buy this on like on voodoo and like i'll just mm-hmm. watch like you know truthfully like when the kids are asleep or whenever i have you know time to to get into it um yeah but i'll, I'll be honest i i it's coming out on for the purposes of this podcast i'm fine that i i bought the movie but it's coming mm-hmm. out on HBO Max, like or or on Max, like I think in the next couple today. Weeks. And I or is it today? Oh, okay. No, it came out Friday because I was Saturday. trying to watch it today just to get a refresh. I wish I hadn't spent the money. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm showing my hand. Oh um, wow! I didn't think it was. Uh, I didn't think it was awful. So I'm not. But I'm just okay. saying, like, I it's one of those ones where it's like I could have waited to not have spent the money. And now knowing that it came out Friday, I didn't have to because I still could have watched it and we could have had this conversation today. Uh, but it's fine. Uh, I'll just invoice you for the 1999 that I spent. Oh, please do. Um, <laughs> but one last thing uh, on, on Oppenheimer, which I suggest you go see. My thing is, like, I don't see why it needed to be filmed in IMAX. That's my mm-hmm. only thing. Um, you know, because I wanted to make it a point to watch the 70 millimeter print you know, but unfortunately, the only place that showed it here in Texas was uh, San Antonio. Mm. So on top of three hours, I would have to commit another two, you know, going there and back. Yeah. A, a total of five hours to go see it. And I was just like, I don't know. Thankfully, like I saw it at it was like last run. I, I waited a while and then I saw it at the dank Regal Metropolitan here off of Congress. That theater still open, bro. Like, oh, God, by a pubic hair like <laughs> it, it's literally pubic hairs in the seats um, like i just always found it funny because when i i mean it's not like i haven't been there that long but i mean obviously mm-hmm. i moved to cp also so i was living in cedar park for a while yeah like not really down south but like that theater like anytime you would go there was like four cars in the parking lot all the all the time even on saturday nights mm-hmm. so it's like hard for me to believe like how was that theater because tinseltown across the street closed yeah, it's a beamer dealership yeah, so I don't know how the hell that Metropolitan is still open. It's a drug front. Yeah, that's, they have to be dealing drugs. <laughs> like they're like, oh yeah, Oppenheim. Oh, you're here to see the movie? Okay, okay. If we were to if we were to uh, reach out to Regal, they'd be like, we shut down that location eight years ago. And you'd be like, um, did you? It's like the KFC where like that one guy got caught selling drugs because like someone the code word was extra biscuits. <laughs> so like, they extra biscuits because they wanted extra biscuits. Yeah. That's a that's the worst code word you could possibly yes. have at a KFC. Yeah. Yeah. Um not but, the could I have some kale? No, extra biscuits. Like okay, yeah. but my point is like going to Regal, if you ask for like extra butter, you'll get like I don't know, like an eight ball of crack or something. I don't even know. I don't even know. They're like, oh, yeah. Code word should be like vegetarian chicken. Can I have the vegetarian chicken? (laughs) Can I have the vegan chicken, please? Mm -hmm. Oh, I got you, man. I got you, homie. Me in the back. But yeah, no, I saw it at Regal and it was fine. Like, I didn't feel like I'm maybe, you know, Kroppenheimer. Like, I miss, you know, the certain parts of it, but it was fine. And most of the movie is when you walked out. But what's that? I said, aside from the syphilis you had when you walked out, but that's okay. Well, I mean, I, you know, it's, I'm allergic to penicillin, so I have to, <laughs> like, get other, I got other things going on, so. They made, um, you, they made you sign a waiver, right, when you went in? Oh, um, yeah, and NDNA when I walked out, but, or NDA, sorry. NDNA. <laughs> NDNA. 
Um, they're like, no, DNA go. here, so we can rule you out from any crimes that may have been committed. <laughs> Speaking of DNA, those seats, my gosh. <laughs> Uh, okay, sorry, I digress. No, but yeah, I would. It, it's worth a watch. I think I I'll watch it again. I, mean, I, I will see it at some point. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll be honest. I'll probably end up seeing Barbie before I see that, but mm. uh, I will see it at some point. So. Yeah. But no, um, The Flash. Uh, I. Well, you didn't really like it, and I'm sorry that you spent twenty dollars on it. Um, obviously, Not this that I like... didn't like it. Okay, I thought there were. There, I thought there were parts that were entertaining. Okay. Just as I, I think it's also just I, one, it, it it unfortunately has the distinction of being the worst. It's the biggest superhero flop of all time now at this point in time. Mm-hmm. But I don't necessarily think that I've I've seen other like people talk about it. Like there's another podcast, the Mexcellence Mexcellence podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've completely bashed it and they talk about like it's just awful and it's I don't think it's awful. Um mm-hmm. I think the reason it has the distinction of being the worst, but unfortunately, is because DC just did a terrible job. Like the whole Ezra Miller, right? That's his last yeah. name. Mm-hmm. Ezra Miller stuff just I think really tanked that movie for them. Um I just don't think there was any way to redeem that. And I, I'm a, I'm in the agreement of like I don't understand how they didn't just shelve it. And use mm-hmm. it as a tax write-off and like re-release Batgirl instead. Like I Yeah. Um I just think that like and I tried to watch it from the the truthfully, like all this stuff that was going on about him, like while well, before the movie came out, I was like, man, this guy's really just I I remember seeing this kid back when he was he was on a I, I watched the show on USA Royal Pains, and he was mm-hmm. a, a not a series regular, but he was on a, quite a few episodes and like, I remember seeing him on that and being like, Oh man, this kid's a really good actor. He's going to probably end up doing other stuff. And Ezra he did, Miller. Uh, yes. Ezra Miller. Okay. And then he was in, you know, the perks of being a wallflower and like mm-hmm. he started doing other things or I'm sorry, they were in the perks of being a wallflower oh, um, and they started doing other things. Like killing people. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I just think that all of the drama surrounding them, like, I just did uh, one it's it's just harder to get people to go to the movie theater anyway this day and age mm-hmm. Most people have especially because of the pandemic have grown accustomed to i'll just stream at home whatever it may be yeah. i think it'll probably get a ton of streams now that it's on max you know mm-hmm. um unfortunately just not a and i understand like they released wonder woman 84 like you know direct streaming and I think that really kind of hurt them. So they were probably thinking more. We have invested a lot of money in this movie. Yeah. We got to try and recoup some of that. Um, But I just think all of the stuff that happened prior to the movie coming out, I I think if all that drama hadn't been going on, it probably would have done a little bit better. I'm not saying it would have been a, you know, slam dunk and um, done amazing, but I think it would have done a little bit better. Mm -hmm. It's just, uh, you know, unfortunately, I think it was just too big of a a hill to climb. Um, And it was entertaining. I just, to me, it just like truthfully, the best parts for me were were Superwoman. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was probably it, I, I thought she did a great job, uh, you know. And uh, I just I think overall that kind of like pulled it together for me towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I I think we talked about it with the Justice League. Also, is like I I wasn't really sold on Ezra Miller ever as being the Flash, right? Um, so. You know he's he's snark like I I think they're a great actor, snarky. Um, for the purposes of this, I'm going to say he because he is a he in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he did a legitimately good job portraying like you know the the two sides of you know Barry Allen, like the younger Barry Allen and the um, you know obviously older version and um, being goofy and stuff like that. But like just never really sold it to me as like the Flash. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and I also thought it was weird. Like, I guess maybe Crudup just wasn't available or didn't want to be available. So they changed the dad on us from Justice League to uh, uh, to now. So that yeah. was weird to me also. Peter uh, Gibbons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, is fine. Um, but I just remember being like, that's not his dad. Billy Crudup was his dad. Yeah. Um, well, like I said in the text thread, he's like, Billy just got fired as well because he just just walk around you know painting his 
Wang blue and just like had everyone <laughs> refer to him as doctor and people were like, no, we, we, we can only have one train wreck on this set and that's Ezra. So, um, but I think, you know, it's funny you bring up Batgirl because these two, I think they were released, they were filmed almost around the same time. I think like, well, and then supposed to be in Batgirl as well. So, right. He was supposed to be like the he is Batgirl. I mean, Batgirl's done. Right. They finished yeah. Batgirl. Yeah. Which to me, it's like I have to. I have to believe they're going to release that at some point in time. They have to. Like, I mean, put it on Max or something. Like, right. I, but I don't know. Like, it's um. I think what they kind of wrote on was nostalgia. Obviously, mm-hmm. they put all. The, the the Keaton stuff in the trailer. Yeah. I think because they're like, okay, at least we can get some with uh some nostalgia dollars off this. I don't again, I don't know what the thought process was. You know, they could have gotten the same nostalgia dollars off Batgirl, but I don't know if in Batgirl Keaton had just like a mentor role versus like here where he's, you know, suiting up and you know, he's doing the thing, you know, he's doing the Burton batman thing um i just don't know like that's uh it's just more surprising to me also knowing that brendan Fraser is firefly in that movie oh and it's like, the whale yeah you would think that they would try to have capitalized on like oh he just won an oscar let's mm-hmm. put this out people are gonna watch it because he's in it right you know so uh yeah i don't know like i just it, it's weird to me that they just completely shelved it. And I mean, I, I hope that eventually they'll release it. Not that I'm saying, oh, I have to see this movie or like, I think it's going to be phenomenal or a game changer. Mm-hmm. But like now that it's, it's guns, DC, EU, like, I guess maybe there's probably a very, very slim, slim chance that they'll ever do it. Uh, right. But it's just weird to me. You complete an entire movie and just shelve it. I know there are other movies out there like that, um, that were completed like by other studios and for other reasons and have been shelved and stuff like that. But like, um it's just like you you would think especially with as bad as like this movie did Mm -hmm. in terms of trying to recoup financial expenses like what harm would it do to just be like i'll just put it out and see if we can get some extra subscribers or something because of it so yeah and maybe they're just banking on like oh flash is a better known property question mark but also i think that had you know Miller not gone off the reservation the way he did, this would have led into other things and maybe like branched into Guns DCEU. I feel because I was having a conversation with our friend John and he was just like, there seems to be a lot of stuff missing in the script. Like, obviously, if you know, spoilers abound, it starts with uh Ezra Miller as the Flash. And, you know, you know, trying to stop a crime. Um, Batman shows up in a pretty like Ben Affleck's, you know, Batfleck shows up in a pretty cool bat suit. You know, it's gray and blue. Yeah. Harkening back to like classic Batman. Um, Wonder Woman shows up to, to help stop the uh, robbery, which I have to say, when they threw all those babies out of the hospital window, <laughs> I was like, yeah, that was like, oh, wow. Okay, we're just doing that right <laughs> off the bat. Um, yeah, I thought that was pretty hilarious, too. Um, I also I, I also really appreciated the lasso of truth, and my ego mm-hmm. was pretty big for me to ever think. <laughs> Same yeah. thing to you, <laughs> which is like, all right, that's funny. Like, that was kind of a callback to that moment in the, you know, much maligned Joss Whedon, uh, you know, uh, Justice League. Mm-hmm. Aquaman was had the lasso of truth and, like, the humorous bit about, you know, being scared and all that other stuff. But like, it was just fine. That <laughs> I know that sex exists, but I've never had it. Uh, was, was kind of funny too, but yes, the, the baby scene was just like, Oh wow. Okay. Um, it's a little bit much, but, but Hey, he saved them all. So. Yeah. And what's funny is like, my kids were watching a little bit with me and my oldest daughter, she goes like, Batman's not that really good of a hero. Is he? And I'm like, why is that? He's like, because he's causing more destruction than he is helping people. And it's funny because then, you know, as he gets last, this is before the last of truth happened, 
you know, he's saying like, oh, I, I should I'm probably better off like giving away my money and all this stuff. And and it's funny that a kid, you know, catches on to the fact that like, yeah, he's he's, he's wrecking the entire city. When any, if you think about it, too, that was like his whole beef with Superman in 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 the Batman versus yeah, Superman. Yeah. Was that he destroyed the entire city and like, like so many people got injured, but yet yeah. he's driving through the city and like cars are blowing up and landing on top of each other, and it's like, we're not going to talk about that collateral damage. Nope. Um, so yeah, it's just just a little weird. Um, but yeah, but um, I mean yeah, they're um, all terrible superheroes if you think about it. They all like, I mean, there's a, a reason that you know, like if you think about the Marvel universe where uh, they put in the Sokovia Accords. Oh yeah, you guys are just destroying things, and we need to hold you accountable for it. Um, or like when it's like the Batman B, uh, BVS, where like every five minutes they're like, "Oh yeah, uh, hit him towards that building. It's totally abandoned. Remember?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, okay." Like, "Oh, they're fighting on Striker Island, which is totally desolate." I'm like, "Okay, like we." Get that was that's like the uh, basically the the Power Rangers from our day back in the '90s, where it's like. Yeah the zords would fight the the big monster the big bad of the of the week and it was always in like oh no that's the deserted part of angel grove where there are no people <laughs> so those buildings that are being knocked down there nobody's in them anyway it's like why is this angel grove must be a really shitty city if like there's a whole part of it where there's no people so and uh, a ton of sky a ton of skyscrapers. Ton of skyscrapers yeah that's that's the ghost part that, that part's haunted so um which uh, I think I heard from Walter Jones that tomorrow is the 30th anniversary of the Power Rangers. So oh, know, really happy nice. birthday, Power Rangers. Um, oh, and also we forgot to mention right off the top, RIP Bob Barker. Um, got yeah. closest to a dollor without going over. That yeah, I saw, that. I saw somebody put that on a post. It's like <laughs> I was like, it's really sad that he died, but this is actually a bang up like, like yeah. uh, take on it. It's like... 99 cents bob oh i was like oh he couldn't go out at a dollar like damn it like how close was he he didn't go over didn't (laughs) go over but rest in peace so many so many a day spent on the couch you know drinking ginger ale and saltine crackers trying Mm -hmm. to like not throw up because that's what you would watch when you were sick yeah it was plinko was my jam you know just I saw, I follow this retro like uh, toy page and I they made a Plinko home version. So I just need to find it. Like it's out there. Yeah. Um, but uh, RIP Bob Barker. But going back to the Flash, you know, it's a whole thing. I think they're, I was saying they're, they're going to bank on nostalgia because, or um, it felt like an incomplete story because obviously he goes, he breaks the speed force, goes into this like time loop, which I thought that was for something as abstract, you know, speaking of interstellar for something as abstract as like a time loop or speed force or whatever. I thought that was a pretty good interpretation of time travel. Like what say you? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought it did a good job of kind of like, uh, showcasing it and, um, I've seen it like I don't did you watch the flash on the CW at all uh d- like bits and pieces but I wasn't a like so they kind of touch on it there as well like you know like show showcasing it in that mm-hmm. um so I mean I think you know obviously this is more had more money behind it to to show it mm-hmm. um, so yeah solid but at the same time like uh like I, I think they did a good representation of it on on the show too on the CW. So, um, but yeah, like okay. I, I, I felt good about it. Here's, here's my, my, my thing though, is I, I get the whole butterfly effect stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, 100% understand it. But if you think about it, none of it makes sense because Barry is, he becomes the flash mm-hmm. at a, a point in his life when Batman's already existed for quite some time. Superman's already existed for quite some time. So I don't understand how him changing his mother dying alters Superman or Batman's uh, like personas, you know, yeah, Yeah. just who they are. Mm -hmm. Like as much as I love Keaton and uh, the nostalgia around Keaton, 
like they're basically saying, oh, had Barry's mother never died, Michael Keaton would have always been Batman. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that doesn't add up. (laughs) It's like, it's not because it's not a parallel universe, right? It's not a different universe. It's not a different dimension. It's an alternate line in time. Mm-hmm. saying so like it doesn't make any sense whatsoever like i could understand how things from a previous like further back in the past would alter that yeah. but in this in this representation we're making the assumption that oh okay because his mother never died then this guy is batman but it's like realistically barry's young enough that like batfleck would have already either been Bruce Wayne or been on the road to being Batman mm-hmm. prior to like his like his mother dying. You know what I'm saying? So like that stuff doesn't like this feels like eh, it's kind of stretching it here. It's not like the multiverse like in, in Marvel. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's so that that was weird for me. Well, I think it's like um, he finds a speed force and then he gets knocked out by uh what's his face dark flash and he ends up in a different timeline i don't think he goes to save her per se but then yeah i'm like you like the time travel and multiverse like multiversity multiverse nature of this aspect you know they they almost explain it with like hashtag reasons and then they give that whole like oh well it's it's a bowl of spaghetti and uh sometimes they intersect and this that and the other so yeah, and I think that goes to my comment of, of an incomplete script in the sense that, um, obviously where they meet Bruce, uh, it just seems like there were a lot of scenes that were cut out because this is based on the Flashpoint um, uh, comic book from I forgot what year it is, and how that goes is that uh, Barry actually goes back to save his mom from death. And uh, it was the reverse, which I think the show kind of touches on it, that the reverse Flash kills Barry's mom, right? Yeah, yeah, they do. Okay, and this one, you're like, okay, well, who killed her? Because the dad's on, you know? And I I think you have to have that meta comic knowledge or the meta show knowledge, know like, oh, and that's what I was expecting at some point. Like, reverse Flash is going to pop out somewhere. And you kind of think that Dark Flash is that guy. Yeah, yeah, I definitely thought that. Um, but then it isn't. So in the book, uh, you know, Barry goes back, saves his mom, but then that causes like a whole, you know, back to the future two thing where, um, Superman doesn't exist. And Batman is really Thomas Wayne instead of Bruce. And the whole series is like, um, it, it kind of follows the movie in the sense that Barry loses his powers, needs to get his powers and Batman helps him. It's a lot of similarities to that um, uh, storyline, but yeah. not so much in the sense that um, there's two berries. And there's, it, I will agree on some parts of this movie, like not being good. I felt the part where Barry's trying to get his powers back and all that slapstick comedy was just, mm-hmm. it was like, where is this going? Yeah. Um, I did again the the Back to the Future reference. I I did appreciate the Eric Stoltz thing. Yeah, um, obviously Which, the callback again makes makes zero sense from the frame of mind that like <laughs> by the time when when Barry was a child, Back to the Future had already come out. Mm-hmm. So there's no reason that now all of a sudden it's Eric Stoltz instead of like like it just it's like how does that mess with his mother not dying changes who who played uh you know marty mcfly but yet back to the future had already come out when he was alive like Mm -hmm. so yeah it just there's just parts aspects of that like that it just like i did think it was funny also Mm -hmm. yes it was like no no like it was different things like and the whole thing with the roommates and everything like that and yeah like they he's like the roommate holding up his leg and he's got like why does he have a stoltz tattoo um (laughs) You know, we're comical, and obviously because the Flash is more of the like comedic relief of the Justice League, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just you know, like I, I started thinking more about it after I had seen it, and I was like, that just doesn't make any sense. Like, why? Mm-hmm. Like, Clark Kent would have already been on Earth when Barry was like ten or whatever when his mom died. Like, yeah, like there's no reason that Clark Kent wouldn't have already been. Like, basically, we're we're arguing that 
now in this timeline when he went back, unless, I mean, like you said, it could have been that he went back to an alternate universe timeline where the same thing Mm -hmm. still happened, but he stopped it from happening there. So then that would make sense, but they never really say that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think you kind of, again, have to infer that. Yeah. Just because it's not, he doesn't, uh, like, purposefully do anything. He just gets knocked out of the timeline. Yeah. And I, what I loved about the Eric Stoltz thing, I think it's like Chekhov's recast because it, it's it's setting up something which will hit later, which I think for me saved the entire movie. Um, and I kind of think you know what I'm talking about. But, uh, uh, you know, Barry needs to get his powers back and then he needs to... What is it? Um, oh, yeah, I'm forgetting the whole thing. Like, I was getting the the comic book mixed with the movie. Zod comes back. Yep. And you know, it's the the callback to the Man of Steel. Uh, they brought back Michael Shannon, albeit probably you know for a day or so, and all in green screen. Two weeks, I think he said. Two weeks. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, with the uh, blessing of uh, Zack Snyder, and they redid that whole alien invasion, which. I thought was great. Um, uh, they get they have to find a Superman, so they find uh, Kara Zor-El, Supergirl, uh, Clark Kent's cousin. After they find out later on that there's a lot of like infanticide in this movie, or possible infanticide, because like Michael Shannon is like, oh, I killed Clark as a baby. Yeah, the the infant served no purpose. <laughs> like wow. Um, but I did appreciate that whole Serbian, you know, they get in the bat wing and uh, for me, obviously that's what brought me to the theater. And I think for a lot of people, um, seeing Keaton back as Batman for me, I was just like this movie, I, maybe I shouldn't have like starts in an A and it, it's going to lose points from here. Yeah. Um, how were you feeling the whole Keaton thing during the commercials? I, I was excited to see, I love Michael Keaton, you know, and like, I was, uh, like I've been, um, I was super stoked when he ended up being in Birdman, you know, um, Mm -hmm. because it was like the Keaton sans, whatever you want to call it. Uh, cause you know, he kind of faded away a little bit. Like, I think he's always been somebody that people like, Oh, appreciated him. But like for a long time, it's like, he really wasn't in anything. And then Birdman really kind of put him back, um, in a place where he started getting roles again. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, I really liked that. And then I liked, you know, the fact that, you know, he ended up being the vulture in, in the Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, and it, for me, I, I love Batman 89, you know, like it was one of the first superhero movies I ever remember seeing. And, um, you know, I, I, I always thought it was weird, uh, when they transitioned because the, and I think you'll agree, like after he stopped being Batman, the, the Batman movies just got sillier and sillier, you know what I'm yeah. saying? um tim burton's versions like in in 89 and then batman returns like were um you know uh, although there were like very much comic book elements to them and they were a little bit more um you know rooted in a comic book type uh theme like Mm -hmm. still felt more real you know um and then once you got into the val kilmer one and george clooney one obviously it was just like okay this is just ridiculous and over the top like this you know, rave thing going on in every single one. Yeah. Um, so, um, but yeah, I, I, I can appreciate um, them bringing him back and I really was excited for it. And it was, it was awesome to see him come back and then the line on Batman, um, you know, was, was cool. Like I, I, I liked it, him being in it. And I, like I said, I, I definitely a, a great part of it of the entire movie, like Batman and Superwoman are the ones that like kind of, uh at least kept me going you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying um and obviously you have to take the flash with it because that's the person driving the story but but having them in it i think help, helped uh keep me invested yeah and I, I like the part where you know uh obviously the the siberian um prison breakout of it all and like uh, i hate how the commercial gives away a lot of it but uh, and to the point that Batman's now bulletproof, like 
I never understood that from, you know, the BVS thing where he, like he could take a straight shot to his cowl and just be like, oh, I'm fine now. Um, but yeah, spray some kind of bulletproof spray on his <laughs> cowl and cape. Yeah, right. He bought it with his back car- back credit card. Yeah. Um, so that part was great. And obviously when she's powering up and helping Barry get his you know, powers and all that, I thought she was like a fantastic fleshed out character Mm -hmm. um played by sasha kai kaye not too sure to say her last name at all um and then what kind of uh i guess was confusing when you know you find out that she's the codex she's the code and how every at every point like they try to go back and save her they try to go back to save her and the timeline is getting more and more deteriorated which how was zod killing her with just like i guess that was a, a kryptonian blade can kill kryptonians like yeah, had to been, right like uh you would imagine that uh their own weapons can hurt hurt them because mm-hmm. um, that was that i was i found that a little weird also but i mean it made sense from the frame of mind because then uh you know the other berry the younger berry um uh kept getting like metal like on his person yeah he got impaled and then he used that to like hack down the other the other chick right oh yeah 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 you're right so it had to have been like that it was because it was kryptonian made it can actually you know penetrate mm-hmm. your skin or something like that because i mean i don't know the logic there because like the whole logic is that like on krypton they wouldn't be bulletproof right mm-hmm. but on earth they are because their uh dna or whatever is like stronger um because there's that whole thing, right, with Superman is, like, the whole reason he's immune is because our son mm-hmm. gives him the power to be that. So it's like, well, yeah. then why wouldn't the son still do that? Like, now wouldn't their weapons now be useless? But right. I, I don't know. Like, again, you gotta, I guess you kind of have to suspend disbelief there. So. Um, yeah. I guess, like, like you said before, it's like, I guess it's just Kryptonian tech or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, like, to the point, like, this whole almost the whole movie every time he goes into the the speed force you see like this like anti-flash or whatever and you we think it's like reverse flash but then as you see this battle going on and the timeline deteriorating every time you know they rewind time to try to go back it, it's almost like uh you know obviously and in, into the spider-verse came out before or it was like probably like well did it i've it I think it did. But anyways, it, it's almost like a canon event. Like these, there's these events in canon that you can't undo. And every time they're going back, uh, young Barry was getting more and more messed up and, you know, scarred and this, that, and the other. And then boom, you come to the realization that he's the dark flash or whatever that you see way before that knocked um, old Barry into this timeline. And then you, going to to Chekhov's uh, recast you see like all these multiverses like breaking through Mm -hmm. and you see you know the George George Reeves Superman Mm -hmm. like that universe and you see the Adam West Batverse and um, Superman right and and, uh, what's her name Helen Slater yeah Helen Slater Supergirl yeah and then one of the scenes that I I geekgasmed over was you see like this giant spider, and at first I didn't know because like I've seen the documentary on this Superman or whatever, but this giant spider is fighting Superman. You're like, wait, what is this from? And he gets like, you know, webbed up or whatever, breaks through, and lo and behold, who is it? But Nicholas freaking Cage <laughs> as Superman so stupid no it's not <laughs> yes it is uh nicholas cage had he ever been superman would have been the worst superman film ever made <laughs> i promise you that uh like it's just like i remember back when they were like talking about even as a, a young person younger person mm-hmm. i remember going that would never be believable. Nicolas Cage just has the kind of face that it's like, there's no way anybody in their right mind wouldn't be like Clark Kent, Superman, same guy. Yep. Um, 
it just and then seeing like this because like, leading up to all this like seeing all the, the test footage of him trying on the costume and then like having the long hair and everything mm-hmm. like he filming con air at the time that he was filming the because <laughs> it was like he looks straight up like he just came from the con air set yeah. i'm just like oh man um yeah i just i'm glad that never came to fruition i'm glad that the, you you got your glimpse yeah uh, i just thought that was silly to me i was just like oh all right cool <laughs> well for me like it was all those little bits injections of humor injections of nostalgia and that just like when you saw Chris Reeves, you're like, oh, wow. Like, they got his estate to sign off. And, like, yeah. George Reeves and Adam West, you're like, okay, I understand. It's probably almost in public domain by this point. Yeah. But to see something like that, like, it makes you wonder, you know, the what ifs. Um, like, I love watching. Or did you see the documentary on Superman Lives? No, I did not. Oh, I highly recommend it. Like, unfortunately, um, the guy who made it uh, passed away not too long ago. But did you say fortunately the guy who made it? Passed I said away? unfortunately. Oh, okay. Did it come out as fortunately because it I did like it? Fortunately. Unfortunately. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> Didn't know you hated him that much. Okay, cool. He knows what he did. Um, no, unfortunately, you know he passed. But I think due to that, like, it's on YouTube for free, and I um highly recommend watching it because it's just a fever dream of you know this guy the the director of it john shep schnepp you know may rest in peace like he interviews kevin smith mm-hmm. and tim burton and john peters and like wesley strick all these the people that were involved with it he i don't know how he got a whole well What's his name? Uh, the guy who did Supersize Me. Um, uh, the the actual guy. Yeah, I, don't I forgot his name. But he produced the the documentary. So he he talks to all the all the heavy hitters. So it's a very cool like ninety minute like jaunt into the what if uh-huh. because it, it shows like all the all the like you said the screen tests the how brainiac was going to be a villain but because john peters was obsessed with spiders like he wanted superman to fight you know spider which eventually john peters produced the wild wild west and we all know who you know will smith fought at the end right a giant spider so at some point you know this guy got you know he was a hairdresser for barbara streisand who became this hollywood big wig and it's just it's a very cool documentary it came out in 2015 so when i saw nick cage as superman it's one of those things where you're like oh my god like i i don't know like i just lit up because this is towards the end of, of the movie yeah um so obviously um i i guess you you thought it was silly what do you think of all the other cameos like I appreciated them. I understood the point, like, you know, of calling back to everything that came before. You know what I'm saying? So, like, mm-hmm. um, like I, I, I sincerely appreciated that. I really did think it was awesome, you know, showing Christopher Reeve up there. Um, you know, it, it definitely was a cool moment. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I obviously, you know, I'm bagging on the whole Nick Cage thing. I understood the reason of that, why they put it in there. Um, you know, I kind of feel like it was more of a tongue in cheek thing, but like mm-hmm. you know, it was cool um, to see like, oh, this other universe where this, this, pot- like the whole Eric Stoltz being, you know, uh, you know, Marty, Marty. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, in a different universe, you know, it's kind of like that last action hero type aspect of like, you know, yeah. oh, you know, is actually Sylvester Stallone was, you know, the Terminator. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I can appreciate that. I thought it was cool. It was definitely a cool moment. Um, but yeah, then, you know, they fix the timeline and, uh, well, not that they don't fix it, but they defeat Zod. Um, and they don't defeat Zod. They defeat the dark flash. They defeat the, yeah, right. Cause ba- basically Barry gets through to younger Barry who realizes that he is now the dark flash. Mm-hmm. Um, and he sacrifices himself, thus killing the dark flash. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh being able to set things right so and then barry makes the difficult decision to let things play out the way they're supposed to play out 
Which I thought that scene in the grocery store with his mom, like, how was that not? I I didn't I didn't choke up, but I was like, this is so. I felt like this was coming from a certain place for Ezra. Like, like I don't know it it, and it, maybe you know, it's just a great actor, but it's just it was a poignant scene in a movie that, like, I don't think. Uh, warranted it? him in anything else mm. than Justice League and Perks of a Wallflower, but that was years ago. Yeah, so the uh, the the kid is a kid. I mean, they're they're twenty nine, thirty year old man, mm-hmm. thirty year old person. Sorry, I apologize. Um, but it, no, like legitimately, that that's kind of part of the reason I had issue when they cast them as as the flash mm-hmm. just to me i was like i never I, I understand like people like saying like you know this is what i'm gonna do you know and mm-hmm. i'm gonna do these indie flicks and i'm gonna do because uh i've never seen it but i know that um they were uh the focal point of we need to talk about kevin um mm-hmm. is a um uh, I, I again never seen it from what i understand the movie about a kid that does something very horrific at school mm-hmm. uh and the parents dealing with the like aftermath of not like we should have caught this. We should have made this like made sure this didn't happen mm-hmm. uh, type scenario. Um, but Ezra Miller is uh, the type of actor where um, they're just great at conveying emotion. Mm. Um, like, have you seen um, uh, the, the, the Fantastic Beasts? No. Okay, well, they're in that too. And again, Mm -hmm. also, it's just one of those things where I think drama is the lane, you know? So yeah, that moment is very poignant. It feels rooted in like some kind of like, wow, you're really feeling this. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest, no disrespect. The mom ruined it for me. I didn't feel Mm -hmm. like it felt that that acting felt terrible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I didn't, it, it didn't, they didn't seem like they were playing on the same field. You know what I'm saying? Like okay. one person was, uh, you know, playing for a Super Bowl. The other one was just like, you know, in dinner theater uh, somewhere. <laughs> uh, so like to me, like that, that's the issue I have. But, but yeah, like all of the crap that's happened with Ezra Miller outside this film aside, they mm-hmm. are actually extremely talented individual and it's unfortunate, hopefully able to rebound and recover from this but um you know i i don't know (laughs) um yeah i don't know i know they're doing work currently to try and make amends for all of the stuff that has happened but uh i I would hope that i could see them in something else where maybe they're more in the lane that they should have been in the whole time i don't think they should have been in the flash right yeah like uh, again it's um it was seeing the red carpet was kind of awkward with you know miller just walking down you're just like it are they gonna choke somebody or like it's just uh the kind of i think someone juxtaposed it to like homelander and it's just seeing like their faces and just that maybe restrained anger but um to that point i just think that scene for me i was like wait what is this like Mm. it, it was just a very yeah obviously the mom it was a different uh like you said league but the dialogue was mainly coming from him and when the timeline pauses and he's just like he misses her and all that yeah and then on his way out he's just like well maybe i don't change um maybe i can change something in this thing and obviously he puts the beans or what what, it wasn't beans but the tomato sauce or something like that something like that on a yeah where the dad has to look up and the camera sees him so flash forward pun intended to um the court like the the verdict being read and his dad's not guilty because of what they um what he did able to like make the footage more clear and visible Mm -hmm. and then obviously brings us to the next like laugh out loud moment for me is where you know, everyone's congratulating Barry and um, Bruce Wayne pulls up. Um, everyone's like cameras flashing this, that, and the other. And it's not Batfleck. It's not Keaton. It's fucking like George Clooney. 
Yeah, it wasn't even Christian Bale. Like, I would have... <laughs> I, I would have lost my shit had it been Christian Bale. Uh-huh. I would have been like, ah! Like, that would have been amazing for me. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know if Clooney was always the choice. They were like, we're going to go with Clooney. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, hopefully, <laughs> they asked Christian Bale, and he was like, no. Um, <laughs> I think it was um, going to be Keaton all the way, and oh, then right. it was going to dovetail in the background. <laughs> That's oh, kind of okay. what so I've they heard. They changed it up because of the fact that they were not going to release Batgirl. Right. That's what I've heard. And I thought, I think that he was going to pull up with Batgirl in tow or something like that and just introduce her. But then I think the, the next laugh out line thing for me and it ends it it's kind of like george Sansa. like you just leave it leave on a high note and he just was like who the fuck is this yeah and, and i lost out. it and then his tooth falls out and credits <laughs> um but yeah i i think all around it was just for me i, I you know just reiterating what i said nostalgia fest mm-hmm. all the cameos all the easter eggs all the like the lightheartedness, like I felt I was laughing for most of the movie and then that scene with his mom. And I had seen this before seeing Spider-Verse. And when, obviously when I saw Spider-Verse, I was like, oh, why isn't Spider-Verse like funnier from what I remember? So I think it kind of maybe watching this movie first, it tainted my Spider-Verse viewing. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can appreciate that Spider-Verse had a different tone than the first one. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I, I thought there were funny moments and I thought, you know, like I said, overall it was entertaining. I just didn't think it was like, there was a lot of things where I, and I guess part of me also is like knowing that, well, this is it. We're not going to see another Flash with Ezra Miller and we're not going to see, um, you know, this universe like this ever mm-hmm. again. Like, mm-hmm. just like ah, okay, fine. Yeah. It was, but it was entertaining to me. I just didn't think it was uh, like overall a great movie. It's like one of those things where it's like, yeah, I guess that this is a swan song. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, I, again, I think that in terms of casting, maybe there could have been somebody better to play the flash. I definitely think for certain moments, Ezra Miller was perfect for it. Yeah. But, given what his his ability and or their ability and what what they can do um i think you know it maybe a little like it, it there just could have been somebody different and i i do think ultimately and it impact and affected and impacted the success of this movie uh with all the extracurricular stuff that happened prior to it coming out so um yeah but we don't i mean we'll never have to talk about that universe ever again because it's now it's new it's rebooted and there's gonna be something else so yeah which i don't i don't know if that'll ever happen like obviously you know now with the wga and sag after strike um it's funny where when people are talking about oppenheimer and barbie they're just like this is the probably the last two movie new movies we're gonna see in the wild um and necessarily true i mean i think there's a lot of movies that were already in post um so i think probably for at least the next year or so there's still going to be consistent stuff coming out i know stuff's getting pushed back now mm-hmm. like to being released uh mm-hmm. I don't know, not necessarily because it wasn't done and they're needing other things to happen or if it's just more of like they want there to be because i guess technically like well if there's an actor strike going on if we do a premiere like nobody's going to show up so mm-hmm. like we're gonna wait until this is more like finished out so yeah it will be interesting though right because like we are very like i mean it's end of august Mm -hmm. so september is when shows are supposed to start coming back and it's like nothing's gonna be coming back (laughs) nothing's being worked on right now so it's like what what uh what tv is there to look forward to which is like you know it is what it is so no it's uh it's a weird time like uh yeah just some like i feel we're at the end of a timeline or something like Mm. um freaking people trying to bring masks back and you know lockdowns i'm like wait wait a minute like what what did we just get like did the hadron collider turn on again like are we getting knocked out 
into a different timeline. Yeah, it's just so weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's it watching the Oppenheimer premiere when SAG after went on strike and everyone just like, well, peace. And then you have Chris Nolan doing all the press for it, which he going back to him, he said one of his favorite movies is Talladega Nights, which <laughs> I didn't see that coming. I, I have no problem with that. <laughs> I like me some Ricky Bobby. Yeah, that's fine. Um, um, I mean, given the type of films he shoots, like, yeah, he probably, you know, wants yeah. something less, you know, yeah, involved to uh, unwind to. So I can appreciate that. Which I don't know if you did, but did you see? Did you see the stinger to the Flash? No. What was that? I it just I didn't see it either, and I probably will go see it on Max later tonight. Is that? They show Momoa as Aquaman, like kind of remembering like who he was or something like that. And I think this was, again, had the gun DCEU not been planned or whatever, it was going to go. Or I think going to Aquaman, what is it, two? No. That they're on? Three. Right? Is it three? One of them. No, two, two. That's right. I'm sorry. Like that kept getting pushed back so long. I thought it was part three. But okay. yeah, it's part two because they did Aquaman and they did the Justice League. Mm-hmm. And then Aquaman 2 has been so like caught up in turmoil with the whole Amber Heard mess and all that crap. Like I forgot that that movie still hasn't even come out yet. <laughs> <laughs> with Turdgate. Yeah, no. I, that's why I was like, two, three, maybe? But I did appreciate all... that also when he calls Arthur Curry. Yeah. Or he calls, he calls his dad. Mm-hmm. It's like... <laughs> Your wife, the the queen of Atlantis, and he looks over at his wife sitting on the couch, and he's just like, uh... "He's like, she's no queen." Um, yeah, but all like all those little like I don't know, like it was just very lighthearted at times when it needed to be, and fan service. And I have to say, I recommend watching this movie now on Max. Like it's it's one of those movies where I mean, watch it, you'll be entertained. Like mm-hmm. it's not a movie where you're just like, "Oh, this sucks." Like what? Like, it is not, and I'm sorry, it's not Batman versus Superman. Like, Batman versus Superman literally was two hours of, like, why am I still sitting here watching this? Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I know it led to the Justice League, which, again, like, just, I, I told you this before. I felt like Justice League was, like, one step above Batman versus Superman, just because mm-hmm. Batman v Superman was just so awful, in my opinion. Um, But, yeah, like, I just don't. I didn't think it was like the greatest movie. Like for me, it didn't, it didn't do all the things it did for you. You know, mm-hmm. like I definitely felt there were moments, but I would just like, it's on max. I'll probably rewatch it at some point in time, but I'm like, I, I don't need to, I own it now. Right. So I don't, it's not like I can get my 20 bucks back, but like, I don't know that I'll rewatch it anytime soon. It'll probably mm-hmm. be one of those things where I'll rewatch it. Like if I'm sick or something, I have nothing better to do. Mm. So, oh, well. But you know, I'm excited to go see Blue Beetle, so I'll I'll go see that. Um, That's wild. Like I wouldn't have thought that that movie would have been good. Like I'm gonna see it based on the kind of like the positive, because I'm like, there's no reason why this movie should be getting good buzz. Like well, Ant Man, it's just Ant Man, <laughs> Mexican Ant Man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I I think uh, I heard like right the week it came out, like it was getting super positive buzz and like um again also like uh snippets i heard from the mexico excellence podcast was like more like that um you know it's not it's not like our black panther by any means Mm -hmm. but it definitely does a good job of representing mexican culture that like i think latinos and mexicans in general are going to get more out of the film than Mm -hmm. other people so i think that's probably why i'm more excited to see it also because it's like yeah we haven't really had a brown superhero you know what i'm saying like um we got namor um but wasn't a superhero was an anti-hero and namor uh, namor and you know like i was a little upset that yes like ultimately the way to stop him was drying off his back um i'm still very healthy about that (laughs) like that's nice marvel somebody did not think that through (laughs) i know that i'm probably putting too much there but it's like it's just odd it's just odd you know that a mexican hero uh or or mexican anti-hero would just try his back off and it'll be fine. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I, I, I'm excited to see Blue Beetle. I also, I, I like the kid 
that is playing him um, from yeah. Over Kai series. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm pumped about that. It's it's unfortunate because, you know, I don't know. Like, I know James Gunn has said this is like the first entry in the DCEU, but is not a part of the DCEU, which makes zero sense to me. <sighs> they just need to drop that crap. Like, so for me, it's over. again, it's like we've had this conversation. It's like, what, why do we need a DCEU? Just make great DC movies. Like, who cares? Like, like Blue Beetle doesn't even need to tie into anything else. Let's just do Mm-mm. Blue Beetle 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, whatever, until people mm-hmm. stop wanting to watch them. You know, like, or let's just do great films with great stories. They don't have to tie together. Like you've talked about, let's do Kingdom Come. We don't need a sequel. We don't need... Like just give us the movie. You can mm-hmm. you can have multiple actors playing the same characters and just churn them out, you know. And I think they they would do a great job there. It's like they're too tied up and like oh we have to do what Marvel's done. Well, he and Gunn kind of teased it one time with the Kingdom Come picture. But I think to your point and what people are getting fatigued about is like the continuity aspect of like the MCU. Like look at how bad Secret Invasion did. Like. People don't want to go in, you know, starting with Quantumania, they don't want to go in and be like, oh, I need to watch how many series and how many films. And like, I think it's starting to get the same issue that comics have where we just need to reboot this or we need to do standalone prestige format books. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree. Like, I I think um, it's just too much. There's just too much there to like have to like be involved in like i've even got i i think i told you early on oh no no i'll keep going and watching all these but like i i think i watched like the first two efforts episodes of secret invasion and i'm just like i just don't have time for this and i'm not invested like mm-hmm. and it's like i still have not even seen quantumanium at all yeah like, likewise and you know me like i was a huge marvel stand where it was like oh i'm seeing it like when it comes out and granted yes i have kids now and it's like harder for me to watch stuff but it's just like i haven't had the desire like i'm just like mm-hmm. i don't care because it's like you're asking me to watch something and then also keep up with it in a way that I'm going to have to remember what this film did to know how this film's going to play out. And I just want good movies. Like, I don't want to yeah. have to watch 20 movies to understand the plot of one, you know? So, um, you know, I think Marvel would be do, do them, doing themselves good if they just, yeah, reset and said, okay, nothing's going to tie together anymore. Or if things are going to tie together, it's only going to be a few things. Mm-hmm. And I hope DC, I hope with Gunn at the helm, they never go the route of like, well, you have to watch this series plus this one, and then this film, and then these set of YouTube shorts also in order to understand the concept of this one movie. Right. Because, yeah, I'm just not going to. And then also, if you could pay attention to this TikTok, that would be great, because that will help you also understand the narrative at the end. Um, (laughs) It's just too much. Can't do it. No, I agree. Like, I think everyone's getting that fatigue going on and um i you know what's what's gonna be you know because everything's cyclical what's you know fashion film whatever i wonder what the break will be and what the kind of like restart to superhero movies will be like um because i feel i honestly balls to bone feel there is going to be a, a point where studios are gonna be like we're not making anything on these ips anymore um so I, I'm always thinking, like, oh, what's going to bring it back? It'll be X-Men. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. It'll be X-Men who, like, basically started the whole thing. Like, a, boop. Here we go. I mean, technically, yep. say Blade did. But, like, X-Men was the thing that really pushed, I think, everybody to start saying, oh, we can actually legitimately good get good superhero movies. Um, so I could see that being the thing. Because they're still not even slated, right? Like, they haven't even announced, like, this is. And, I mean, we will be getting our first glimpse of an X-Men universe in the Marvel universe with Deadpool. Mm -hmm. Um, But I could see that. I could see that being the reset point because at the same time, it's like, how are we going to now introduce all these mutants? They have to be in a different multiverse, right? Right. Like you would think in order for it to make sense of like, well, they've just been here this whole time. Professor X has just been in the shadows and nobody knew about it. Like that Mm -hmm. doesn't make sense. So like I were Marvel, I'd just be like, you know what? Let's just say we're done. We're done with this story we're going to start with x-men and we'll start introducing characters again through this x-men universe um yeah i'd be fine with that so yeah i I think i can see that and i think you're right now bring everything full circle yeah um but speaking of full circle i think you know we've looped around this track as much as we could we're about an hour in uh if you want to unless you have anything other anything else to share you can uh, shout us out or 
No, I also want to say RIP to uh, Terry Funk, who passed away this past week, and uh, oh. Bray Wyatt, who was a WWE superstar. Uh, I don't know if anybody listening to this podcast watches wrestling, but that was actually very shocking. He was only 36 years old. Yeah. Um, and, and Paul Rubens. And, uh, well, Pee Wee, yeah. Like, that was a, what, a week and a half ago or so. Yeah. So, yeah, RIP to Pee Wee. Um, a lot of people. Um, All the good ones. Um, so, yeah, kind of kind of sucks. Heavy week. Uh, but, yeah, um, as always, appreciate you listening. And we're excited. Like, don't know what the next content will be because, obviously, like we said, there's not a lot of stuff coming out. We will go see Blue Beetle. So maybe we'll, we'll yeah. push that out because originally you were like, I don't even want to see it just because George Lopez is in it. Yeah. Um, FTP. <laughs> but uh yeah so we'll watch that we'll probably ch- chat about that on a different episode um yeah. and after that hopefully this writer's strike and actor strike gets resolved and we can start getting some good quality content again out there not that we only have to talk about movies um <laughs> but, but no speaking of that we have um uh upcoming author interview with kim taylor foster like if you guys want to read ahead she wrote uh you know why we love the matrix and why we love die hard both of those books are uh, Amazon, Barnes Noble, all your finer booksellers. Um, we're going to speak with her hopefully here in a couple of weeks. Looking yep. forward to that. And then maybe we can line up some other interviews because we have, it's been a while. So that'll be like our first interview in a while, like with both yeah. of us. Um, and well, yeah, so maybe I also want to not to cut you off. Uh, talk to Alex Wong. He has um, his new uh book on the history of the raptors yeah definitely that's uh, available for pre-order now um so you can go check that out i think you can pre-order it on amazon um i think he also has a link on his website as well so uh definitely check that out obviously friend of the show we'd like to think uh because we did interview him previously (laughs) yeah um and hopefully he'll want to talk with us again uh but that'd be very cool so uh, but yeah, uh, outside of that, you can find us at Kicks and Comics on Instagram. Go give us a follow, give us a shout out. Um, also, you know, if you do listen to our podcast, whatever platform you listen to it on, it please drop us a review or something. Give us some, you know, five star reviews, whatever. Um, share it with your friends. Uh, hopefully, we'll start getting again more consistent content out there. We definitely have you know some shows lined up for the next couple weeks, and hopefully more in the future. But we appreciate you guys sticking with us. And uh, as always, thank you. Love you. Love you guys.